Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by allsteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk Live from Latrobe. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk or anywhere you get your podcast. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every, usually Tuesday and Thursday, but today is a special Wednesday episode because of training camp by my main man, Donnie Droon. Donnie, there's a high probability it's going to rain on me. If that doesn't happen, chances are maybe I'm going to get kicked out of this parking lot. Who knows? Either way, it's a beautiful day here in Latrobe. How you feeling, my friend? I'm feeling great, and I feel like whenever it comes to training camp, you kind of expect the unexpected. So I'm actually curious to see if anything happens to you while you're actually up there in Latrobe. What, what do you mean by happens to me? Like, like I mean, gets kicked out of this? Somebody – Somebody like we're live, so and anybody could pull up and just whatever they want over air, and we we yeah. would be in no control over it. You can get kicked out, and you have to like film it in like the the backseat of your new car. Like, yeah, very true, very true. I'm actually on top of the car. That's where the camera is set up currently. Is chilling right on top of the car. I think I'm the last one here. I will say that at some point, I would expect Alan Saunders, Chris Carter, and Nick Fairbot to jump into this camera as they're walking back Please. from dinner. Um, I think that's where we have to start is the food here. Phenomenal. Ten, like a 12 out of 10. Absolutely. And I've had a bison burger every single day this week. Wow. I have a thing of pasta sitting right there on the curb ready to go after this podcast. It's a beautiful time. A little carbs for the drive home. Yeah. A little carb for the drive home. A little carb for the drive home. And I think we have to start with what's not happening here at St. Vincent College, which again, Shout out, Sam Vincent. Great place. This is my first time here. Deontay Johnson made it pretty clear. Like, we talked to him today. He said, you know, it's a business and the situation's complicated, so I don't know what my participation is going to be. He didn't participate at all. He did individual stuff, no team stuff. I think that was a little bit expected. What's your takeaway from Deontay not here, out here on the field? You know, there seems to be two schools of thought with that. You have uh, everybody kind of looking at what TJ Watt did last year and kind of wanting to compare those apples to TJ's oranges. And like, I get it for sure because, you know, it definitely is a business decision. I feel like the difference, though, is that uh, TJ Watt is just a whole other caliber of player, a very established elite player in the NFL, yep. whereas Deontay is still climbing his way up there, right? You know, there's still like some questions about Deontay. Wasn't really any questions about TJ whenever he had his little hold in um, last year. I do like the fact that Deontay did show up and I did actually want to double confirm with you because I thought I had seen something from Brooke Pryor from ESPN that had Deontay basically said if it was up to him, he would be practicing fully, which so- tells me if it's not up to him, that's his team. That's his agent 
saying, no, no, you're, you're not risking anything. You show up, you do what you need to do, but until you get a bag, no team, no, no team activity. So what he said was that he, he would like that. It would be up to him. He did say that. He said, if it was up to him, Yes, but he, he also said this next sentence was in these types of situations, it's complicated, you know, because it's also a business or in these type of yeah of circumstances, it's complicated because this is also a business. And I, I think I got that. You know what I mean? Like he wants to be out there, mm-hmm. but he's not going to be because they're in the middle of negotiations. I will say I took this away. There's got to be a reason that he's not practicing. Like, there's got to be a reason that he's learning so much from TJ because he was real open about that. You know, I talked to TJ, I talked to Mika, I talked to Cam about how to work my way through these things. I think there's got to be a reason that he's doing all this and that he isn't practicing and the Steelers are so okay with it. Because if there wasn't, then somebody, you know, somebody's got to be upset if he was just like, oh, well, he's just not practicing because he's upset. Like, in my mind, there's traction with this contract. No, for sure. And I think if anything, that might show a sign of like good faith negotiations where Deontay easily could have pulled a DK Metcalf and not shown up, yeah. um, hoping, hoping to get that second contract. But um, similar to what TJ did last year, although TJ definitely was not going anywhere. I don't think that was ever a question yeah. of whether or not Watt was going to be in Pittsburgh for the next 10 billion years. But it, <laughs> it, it's more of a, hey, I know we're working on a deal. Let me hold up my end of the bargain. I want you to know I want to be a part of this team. You know, like, I know yep. he said that to you guys whenever you guys met with him and Latrobe. Um, and I know he's kind of shown that through his actions right now. Now, I, I guess the, the other part of that is, do you think the Steelers are kind of willing to wait and see what a trio of Calvin Austin, George Pickens, and Chase Claypool looks like before they really kind of dive themselves into what we've already talked about as a very inflated wide receiver market. I don't think so. I, I, I think that if they want Deontay, they already know they want Deontay. If they don't want Deontay, then they already know they don't want Deontay. It's you all's creeping by me. Watch. You'll see him go by. I think that, George Pickens, Calvin Austin, Chase Claypool, obviously great duo, are a great trio. And I, I'm just as excited to see them practice as I am to see Deontay practice whenever he does return to the field. And I think the Steelers feel the same way. It's like this group could be really good with the three of them. It'll be even better with the four of them. And I think they all play different roles to the fact that you could feel confident and having Deontay and keeping the rest of them and having everybody play a role without taking away from things. You know what I mean? Like none of them, there's not another Deontay Johnson. There's only one George Pickens in the group. There's only one Calvin Austin. There's only one Chase Claypool. I think that they all could have a role. That also comes into though, like if they all have a role, are you still going to pay Deontay that much money? If, you know, if he's got, if he's only got a role and not the role, because you look at other other guys that just got the bag and they are the guy, you know? No, absolutely. And I think um, we've talked about it so many times. Like, I hate to keep beating a dead horse, but, like, whenever it boils down to it, your football team is probably better with Deontay Johnson on that roster. I think Deontay knows that. I think his team knows that. I think the Steelers know that. Um, so, you know, while the Steelers are hoping – 
you know, hoping and waiting to see uh, a guy like Calvin Austin or a guy like George Pickens or even Chase Claypool heading into what I believe it's his um, first time in the trope, right? First time in the trope, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First, first time, time in the trope for training camp. Um, you, you definitely want to see some progression while Deontay's not out there. But at least for this upcoming season, I, I personally am not worried about Deontay not taking any participation in training camp. I mean, he's still there. Yeah. It's, it's not like he's done anything negative towards the Steelers, which has kind of been his thing throughout the entire process of this. We have not seen Deontay take the social media like Holly Murray did. We, we haven't seen anything crazy come out of his mouth. He's been very respectful in his chase and his wants and desires to go get a payday. Yeah, he's so open about, look, if I don't get paid by the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm just going to keep working my butt off so that I get paid somewhere else. He's a worker. I think that's the biggest thing here is Deontay's so respectful about this entire thing. And then there's that group of fans that don't like Deontay that are just building such a negative narrative. And personally, like, you know, I'm always going to side. Most times I'm going to side with the player because I understand what they're actually putting into the game. And I, I just think that, I'm, I'm a fan of Deontay. I think Deontay deserves the money. Do I think that it hurts the Steelers if he doesn't get paid? No. But I do think that if you're going to look for a guy to build a room around, have that camaraderie, have that leadership, because Deontay is a leader, and have a guy that's going to work harder than anybody on the field, that's the guy you want. You want Deontay Johnson. He's proven all those things. I think he's worthy of whatever they give him. I think there's a bad narrative about him because he dropped three or four passes. And like, I get two of them were in big moments. Like, yeah, whatever. You're 24 years old. People make mistakes. If he was 30 years old and this was the Super Bowl and he dropped a big pass. Yeah, that's huge. And you're going to hold on to that forever. Uh, you know, a dropped pass in a playoff game that you were going to lose because you, the team overall sucked. Like, you know, it, it's not like the, the chiefs weren't going to lose that game, you know, like, yeah, and I think no, that's the sure. negative narrative that's built around him. Meanwhile, just like you said, he's so respectful in this whole thing. And I, you have to respect that to some degree. Um, I will say that in his absence, George Pickens and Calvin Austin looked like absolute monsters today. Calvin Austin took a screen to the house, 65 yards, clearly the fastest dude on the field by a mile. It was crazy. George Pickens dropped one ball. It was like a pretty big drop. He, he went down, came back up. Najee had to like hype him back up. Be like, yo, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. He came back, I want to say the next series, 40-yard bomb from Mitchell Trubisky and back shoulder, toe tap, brought it in. And then after practice, he told me that there was zero chance he was dropping that football. So you got to love that. They both looked they both looked phenomenal. Chase dropped one football. I thought it was hilarious. Trubisky got – he got booed. He didn't really get booed, but three passes in. He started real slow. Three passes in. He somebody yells from the stands, put pick our, our something about like go with Pickett already or something. Put Pickett in, and or get Pickett in there. That's what they said. Get Pickett in there. And then the next play, Chase dropped a football, and you heard like five people behind me go, "Oh, here we go again." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I missed this. I missed this so much. This was so nice." Football um, season is here. Football season's here. I, I'd say Chase didn't really impress me today, but the other two most certainly did. Like Calvin Austin's speed's awesome. I, I love seeing that. Plus, he's, like, just the nicest human being alive. So is George Pickens. I don't know. Like, George Pickens getting into fights on the football field, 
they're clearly there. There's videos to say that it's there, but I don't understand how because he's just the sweetest human being and he's got like just always has a smile on his face. It's actually it's actually wild. It was pretty cool. Yeah, I think the athletic profile of George Pickens is like slowly but surely making its way to like the national stage. Because I remember yeah. you talking about you watching him at OTAs and you came back and you're like, this dude's a freak. Like I do not understand oh, yeah. the physical specimen that this guy is. And then you, you told me about like a certain play where he like he rose up over like two defenders and like came down with this crazy Levitated. catch. Um that clip made its way on social media and like that, that that generated like a lot of buzz and then like today like i forgot who talked about it but um somebody one of the steelers said that they were like genuinely surprised at how athletic george pickens yeah. was and he said they're gonna make a bunch of crazy catches this year yeah the, the dude's nuts like the dude is actually nuts you don't actually have to run the football if you could get an offensive line and drop back and have those four guys running routes for you it was crazy i will say at the same at the same time gunner who i've been hyping up the whole mini camp faded into the dust today i'll look for him a lot more tomorrow but didn't didn't see anything from him today i'll have to look into a lot of that but yeah i'm very excited uh jennifer in the comments we are going to get to you no doubt um like beat us to it beat us to it First, I got to find it, but we have a word from our boys at Manscaped, straight from Latrobe. It's officially summertime, and everybody talks about looking good for the warmer months, but few have the balls to do it. Well, it's time to nut up and shut up and take the easiest step to looking sexy this summer by using Manscaped. Manscaped's ultra-smooth package makes sure you have the proper care for down there, and their Boxers 2.0 gives you the perfect stage to show off your new look. These products may make you look hot, but your cleanly shaved nethers will keep you cool. And the Boxers 2.0 patented jewel pouch technology will keep your boys from turning any beach day into a swamp day. Dive headfirst into summer by joining the 5 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get 20% off plus free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash Steelers 20. The Ultra Smooth Package is a specialized three-step groin shaving kit to help you buff, protect, and smooth your most sensitive areas. I'm talking Crop Shaver Razor, Crop Exfoliator, and Crop Gel. This kit is the perfect polish to make your family jewels shine. Step one, the Crop Exfoliator. Infused with ingredients that can soothe, clear, and keep the skin on and around your groin feeling refreshed, the Crop Exfoliator can help reduce the risks of ingrown hairs in your delicate places. Step two, the Crop Gel. See where you're shaving with our unique clear shaving gel just for the groin. It's called your delicate area for a reason. This is the one place you do not want to go into blind. Step three, it's time to shave. The Crop Shaver is designed for shaving the groin area with confidence. This razor has three precision blades, include extra wide lubricating strips and a pivoting head for the ultimate groin grooming experience. All three of these vegan, cruelty-free, and sulfate-free products are included so you know your manhood is in good hands and without compromise. Once you have your hog in prize worthy condition, Grab yourself a pair of the Manscaped Boxers 2.0. They are ultra soft, moisture wicking, cooling, anti-chafing masterpieces. Fit for a king and made for your royal scepter. 
Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping with the code STEALERS20 at manscaped.com. There are so few perfect summer days. Don't let hot, sweaty balls ruin them. Stay fresh, stay clean, and stay smelling good with Manscaped. All right. I have to say one thing before we jump into the quarterback talk here. I realized about four seconds into that ad read that I am in a wide open space with multiple people walking by, and I'm over here talking about junk. So if anything, that's my confidence in Manscaped. Go buy the products. They're pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're paying you exactly. It's not enough. It's not, not enough, they're giving, If I know what they're paying me, they're paying me giveaways to give to everybody else. So I hope everybody else is enjoying the fact that chances are anybody could have called the cops and I would have got arrested here. No <laughs> doubt. About it. I'm on a college campus. There's children walking around. This is not where I need to be doing this. <laughs> Anyways, let's talk Steelers quarterback. I want to start with Jennifer's comment here you given mason credit heard he had a pretty good day i would say this mason rudolph had the most consistent day out of the three i i clocked all of their numbers um they're on the notebook at allsteelers.com i believe it's the top story you could check that out it's got every stat he looked the most consistent that being said it's it's Mason Rudolph. And my problem with Mason Rudolph is he looks so consistent because he never takes chances. And we've been through this time and time again. The dude is the dump off king. He loves to check down as much as humanly possible. And I get it. That's the safe play sometimes. I mean, Kenny Pickett threw an interception and it's because he shouldn't have thrown the pass. But at the same time, Mason's got to take some risks and he's got to, he's got to come out here and show that he could push the ball a little bit. He could win the he could win it. But if he wins the starting job, I look at Mason winning the starting job, at least just from what we've seen so far, as he's gonna win it because everybody else is gonna lose it. He's gonna be the safest bet, and they're just gonna be so outrageous that you can't go with them. I don't think that's the quarterback that you want if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's why he makes me he makes me nervous. Um, you brought this one up. How is Kenny doing? Um, Kenny, Kenny looked like a rookie. He had his good passes. He had his bad passes. He ended the day with an interception. It's day one of training camp and he's a rookie. So I expect much bigger things down the road. I told you they were going to make an appearance yep. at some point. Yep, I, knew it. I told you it was going to happen. All three of them <laughs> are making an appearance actually right on the live stream. Everybody for the Pittsburgh sports now crew is now here. So uh, gang, gang, what's up? Live, live, on oh, YouTube. Up live on YouTube, everybody. Say hi. We're talking uh, Kenny Pickett. Anybody Woo! have some uh, some thoughts on how Kenny Pickett did today? Well, uh, the, the one fan who said that, he, that Kenny Pickett should start because, uh, or he said, put Kenny in as soon as Mr. Risky threw two incomplete passes. Yeah. And then at the end, when he threw an interception, someone said, keep him out. <laughs> Pittsburgh seems very decided about what to happen. We're all just reacting to this calmly and rationally. Yep. Yes. As we should. Totally. Yeah. Nice. Mason, Mason Rudolph? The play to catch the ball after the terrible snap and still yeah. get the yeah. swing pass off to Austin was like, I think the stuff like that, like the athleticism, that's where he struggled to like show that stuff. I thought Mason was pretty good. Yeah, I thought he did a, he had a good day. Uh, people keep, sl- keep sleeping on Mason. I'm telling y'all, he's actually in this competition. I don't think he's going to win it, but he's a lot closer than people think. He's not just some bum that's out here just to be out here. 
There you go. I just went on a five-minute rant about how Mason Rudolph's not going to win this competition. But there you go. We thank stomped you. on you. Thank you for the support, guys. I hope you enjoyed dinner. <laughs> All right, here's the big question. Did you hear any of that? Uh, kind of a little bit. Of, I'd say like 60, 65% of it. Uh, some 60, of it was a little like died down. Uh, Alan, unsurprisingly, was the, the most heard and vocal. And then uh, that was Chris right next to you, correct? Yeah, yeah, that was Chris. Yeah, that he, he was mostly uh, – those two guys were definitely there for sure. Um, Nick Faribault, legend in the back. I, I know he's been on all Steelers talk before. Couldn't really hear him. Uh, he just heard a couple of rumblings, but that's about it. I would say this. I'll give you a quick recap. Chris says that Mason's in the competition. Doesn't think he's going to win it, but he's certainly in the competition. Alan said that he looked good and mentioned the swing pass to Calvin Austin, which he, that's credit where credit is due. It was a terrible snap. Mason jumped up, snagged it. Made sure he was good, got it off in time. I thought it was a good play. But, again, you know you, you know my thoughts on, on Pickett or on Mason. Do you think Kenny Pickett has a chance to start week one? I think right now, no. I think right now it's got to be assumed that Mitchell Trubisky remains the starter for week one. That could change, obviously. It's still going to be an open competition. But I don't think we should have that conversation until – the depth chart is adjusted until somebody else is taking team one reps. You know what I'm saying there? No, for sure. I, another interesting part of that too, um, kind of like a sidebar thing. I thought it was really interesting how uh, Mitch Trubisky said he was willing to help Kenny Pickett. Uh, well, like whatever Kenny asked of him, like he was more than happy to kind of take him along. Oh, he yeah. brought up that this was his like sixth year in the NFL. Um, you know, plenty of training camps underneath his belt. Um, for sure, interesting given the last quarterback that we had wasn't really in tune to helping, uh, not necessarily his replacement, but I mean, not necessarily willing to kind of budge and be uh, reach out to the Olive Branch, I guess is the best way to put that to Mason Rudolph. I said that today in my Steelers to go. I was talking about Najee Harris and how he is taking over Ben Roethlisberger's leadership. And I don't want to say anything negative about how Ben handled the Mason Rudolph situation because I think Mason played just as big of a role into that, saying stuff like, oh, I don't really need a mentor, you know, when clearly he did. Najee handles this the way Mitch is handling this, the way Akella Witherspoon has been handling guys that are below him in the depth chart. It's the way that Deontay handles guys, like George Pickens and Calvin Austin. There is no fear that these guys are going to be better than them. You know what I mean? They want to help them improve. They want to help them have successful NFL careers because they have so much confidence in themselves. It's like, yeah, you guys could also be great, but you're never going to be me. And that's fine. And I don't know. I doubt Ben had that thought of, oh, man, Mason's going to be better than me. But that's how I look at this. It's just these guys have so much confidence. Mitch has so much confidence in himself that he's capable of mentoring these guys. I think it's huge. Like, I think that helps Kenny a lot to just get his feet wet and kind of take some of that pressure off of him. Like, oh, I have to learn the NFL. It's like, yeah, you know, I just have to learn from Mitch, which is 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 fine. You know, like, I, I'm a big fan of how Mitch has handled this whole thing. I still think he's the favorite to walk away the winner. A um, couple, couple more takeaways. Oh, good. You got thoughts, sir? 
No, I was just going to say, um, until we actually see these guys against the live competition um, that are not wearing black and gold, it's just going to be like, like a ruckus of like opinions and takes. And obviously, um, you know, people will kind of like take grasp of any like plays, highlights, lowlights, whatever it might be. Um, so it, until we like legit continue, um, not continue, but like see them go against competition that's trying to take their heads off and make their own roster spots. That I think it's all just kind of like a, like a waste of breath. And there's a couple comments in um, the chat saying how we can't really anoint Mitch Trubisky as a starter. It's still an open competition. You know, you don't really want to peg one guy as the winner. I, I, I just think it's so clear that, that oh, yeah. Trubisky, until proven otherwise, is going to be the starter. And, you know, you drafted Kenny Pickett number 20 overall. If, you know, if the talent is there that's supposed to be there as the first quarterback taken off the board in the draft, then, yeah, you know, hopefully you are going to see some competition. But I also don't think the Steelers are going to be in a rush to throw Kenny Pickett out there. And then, like somebody else said in the chat, week one against the Cincinnati Bengals. That's not an ideal place or way for Kenny Pickett to begin his NFL career. No, could you imagine, especially if the offensive line is just as bad as last season, walking into Cincinnati in week one and expecting anything out of a rookie? Like, that's the worst way to start an NFL career. I think you got to stay with Mitch. I agree with you. And just let it play out. If Kenny proves to be the best quarterback, then you put him in, no doubt. But right now he's not proven that, so there's no need to put him in there. If things change, things change. But I think even some of the top quarterbacks taken in the draft every year show that they could use a little bit of development I think Kenny's pretty much the same way. Is Pickens wide receiver spot his wide receiver three? Yeah, I mean, easily. <laughs> like easily. I wouldn't be surprised if he's wide receiver two, technically. You know, the way they lined up today was it was Cody White on the outside who continues to take starting reps without Deontay. Uh, George Pickens on the other side and then Chase Claypool in the slot. Chase has been running a lot of slot as of recently. But I think that's where he works best. There was, oh, I'll say this. There was a formation. Listen to this one. I want your thoughts on this one. There was a formation at one point where the lineup, and up until the last bit that I'm about to tell you, I enjoyed this lineup. It was Chase Claypool on the outside, Najee Harris in the slot, Derek Watt lined up in the backfield. That's a, that's a, Dude, that's a perfect fourth and one formation right there. Oh, true. I didn't think of fourth and one. That's very yeah, true. Or, short or, or like short yardage or like like two-point conversion, like gimmick stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's true. Very true. I didn't think about that. I really did not think about that. My first thought was you have four other running backs back there. We all know Derek Watt's not going to touch the field. Well, they're, they're paying Derek Watt enough money. Season. They should start using him. They've been paying Derek Watt enough money. They've never used like last year at training camp. We were talking about how Derek Watt's going to have wheel pass after wheel pass, and he never saw the field once, basically on offense. I don't think that's going to change. I did like the formation though. I did really, really like the formation. Um, just a little off topic here. Do you think Chris Boswell is a top five kicker? Yeah, easy. I think he might be number two. I think he could easily, easily be number two. Um, so. A couple of other things I wanted to talk about is things that I've noticed while I was here. For one, the inside linebacker depth chart, as of now, the way I could I could see it, is surprising. Number two was 
Marcus Allen and Buddy Johnson behind Devin Bush and Miles Jack. And I didn't know what to take of that at first, but I hope what it means is that for the first time, Marcus Allen has actually clicked and Buddy Johnson is officially the number three guy. That's what I hope I took away from those. No, for sure. And Marcus Allen has kind of been chipping away at that, like, uh, backup inside linebacker role for quite a while. I believe since he made that transition from safety to linebacker after he played at Penn State for a little bit. Um, definitely, for sure, something to keep an eye on. Um, I, I did want to bring up in the chat because I, I've seen this all over Twitter today. Connor Hayward, like the, his his like first kind of couple of days in training camp have been very, um, I guess, like interesting to monitor. Um, has there been anything that stuck out about him that you've seen so far? No, nothing I saw out of Connor today. It was real nonchalant, but it was it was a short practice, so it was nothing crazy. Um, I'm sure we'll see more. You know, like I'm sure we'll see more as the depth chart is taken away. It's like tough. Like today's the day where you're watching so much and it's all happening so quickly. There's three football fields behind me. There's so much happening at one time that it's like, okay, what position do I want to keep an eye on while also doing things like recording the stats for the quarterback so that I don't miss a play, those kinds of things. But I I don't know. I think I think Connor's Connor's gonna be fine and he's gonna be the, the tight end three. I'll say it was a bad day for uh Jay Sternberger. He did not play well at all. So I did like that one. Um just to answer more here, Blitzberg, I don't believe that there is videos of the scrimmage. Reporters are not allowed to record any video once they go into team drills. So anything that you see is just gonna be from the fans. It's not from any of us. How'd the secondary look? Thought the secondary looked good. I mean, Kenny Pickett threw an interception at the end of the day. The starting rotation was pretty much the same. Minka's not here, so or Minka's hurt. So mm -hmm. it was DeMonte KZ in the backfield playing safety. Cam Sutton was on the outside still with Akello Witherspoon, who was really, really impressed me today. No, Cam Sutton's been playing outside, and then he moves into the slot, plays a little bit of slot. But Arthur Millette's been starting in the slot. He continued to start in the slot today. Uh, Trey Norwood kind of bounces around a little bit of everywhere. I, I mean, and then team two was Justin uh, Justin Lane and James Pierre. Ugh. I thought they looked they looked fine. They looked good. It's you know it's again it's it's tough right now when pads come on. I think it's going to be a totally different game for the defense. I'm very excited to see what the defense looks like. I will say this: Akella Witherspoon. I keep talking about and praising him. I saw him after practice today working with Carlin something. He's an undrafted corner. He's a nickel guy. He's the guy that picked off Kenny, actually. I should know that name. And then, um, wow, I'm dropping another name. Scott Steele, I believe, out of Chris Steele. Excuse me. Grew up with a Scott Steele. Chris Steele out of USC, another undrafted guy. Dude, he spent 25 minutes at least working with these guys after practice just chilling on the sideline. I thought that was awesome because that's another dude who like Akello's very soft spoken. He's not really like out here, like yelling a lot, but he's got a ton of swagger in him, but he's like, just like a good person when it comes to being a teammate. And I think that's awesome. Like that's so, so awesome when it comes to a guy that you want to be like the next Joe Hayden, you know, the next Ike Taylor, you want somebody who can lead as well. I think Akello Akello really does look like that. Like, I think Akello's got such a good 
such a good shot at this. Um, Robert Spillane. I didn't honestly, I didn't see much of Robert Spillane at all. I'm not even positive that he practiced today. Um, just don't know what happened to him. I expect him to play some sort of role and get some decent snaps, but I think I hope that it means that Buddy Johnson is ready to take on that second role. That's what I got from this, and I think that's what everybody could could hope for. Uh, first, first day in pads, I believe, is Saturday. I believe it that's is Saturday. It's possibly Monday. That's what the streets are saying. Yeah. I believe that. Um, yeah, it's August 1st. I don't know. Besides that, everybody looked good, man. It was a good first day. The fans were awesome. Um, talked to a bunch of people in the VIP that were just real rowdy, having a good time. I loved the dudes that were yelling in the stands, booing Mitchell Trubisky, and then booing Kenny Pickett. I thought that was even. I, that makes me feel really good. Um, you know, I'm just I enjoyed being out here. I'm not excited to drive an hour and a half home, but you know, how did DeMarvin Leal look? DeMarvin Leal actually looked really good. He didn't make any plays, and it's tough for the defensive line to make plays this early in training camp, but he always was chasing down the quarterback. Like he was always forcing somebody out of the pocket. It, it shocked me to the point where I, you know, like new guys, new numbers it takes a second to click. And he did it like four times in a row. And I looked at the guy standing next to me and I was like, yo, who is 98? Dude, he is causing hell back there. He's like, that's Leal. And I was like, oh my gosh, I forgot about that. He, he looked, he looked very, very good. Um, he looked very, very good. I think, I think we answered all of them. Yeah, man, I think, I think so. It's only the first couple of days of training camp, and we still got a long way to go. Pads aren't even on yet, so now's the prime time to overreact to every single thing that we see <laughs> or don't see. Actually, yeah, a hundred percent. And I'm gonna be here every day, so I have eyes on the ground. I'm very excited to bring it to everybody. At the same time, like I'm, I'm gonna try my hardest. I feel like. My opinions are always like, I don't know. I'm an aggressive guy, I feel. And, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm going to do my best. You know, I'll go talk to Benny Snell, even though he doesn't want to talk to me. I'll go talk to Mason Rudolph, even though he wants, doesn't want to talk to me. So you guys let me and us know what you guys are looking for. I'll make sure that I do my best to find it. Um, I will say story that I'm looking to have in the next couple of days. George Pickens made it very clear that he's very upset that nobody has pulled a prank yet. Mm. And I, when I asked him, where is the line? Like, you know, like you could prank a rookie because he's a rookie, but like, are you going to prank? Like, you know, like, are, are you going to prank Cam Hayward? Cause he might kill you. And he was like, dude, I'll pay, I'll prank Antonio Brown. Like, I don't care. It's no holds bars. So I fully expect George Pickens to make this a very enjoyable camp for everybody. And, uh, I love it. One more time for Steelers Freak. Did Leal play edge? No, he's playing defensive end a lot um, behind Ogan Joby and Chris Wormley. All three of them were, were having a good time. Um, 007, I appreciate you. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Might go hit up Sharkies. How does the team feel about Big Ben not being at camp? I don't know. I think what's more interesting about that is the fact that Cam Hayward like didn't call him out, but at the same time called him out for saying that the Steelers have selfish players. And he was like, yeah, we don't have selfish players. Like this is a non-selfish team. I'm, ex I'm, I'm interested to see where that goes. Cause I don't think, I don't think that anybody has hard feelings towards Ben. And I don't think Ben has those thoughts about the Steelers. I just think that Ben's an open book. 
You know, at this point in his career, he's just like, whatever, man, I've done it all. I'm just going to speak my mind. And in the past couple of years, we can be honest, dude, like the Steelers have gone through very selfish guys. You know, even if they're not currently on the team, you look at they dealt with Antonio Brown. They dealt with Le'Veon Bell. There's reasons behind his comments that, you know, you got to feel like they're a little bit justified, justified. Um, not positive what number Larry Ogunjobi is. I'll check that tomorrow, I guess. I wish I had a roster on me. I'd answer that right now, but I don't have one. I threw it away. Um, the offensive line, I'll give you a quick update on that. I know, I know, killing trees. It's not good. That's why I'm doing this outside, get some fresh air, you know, letting out some CO2 for everybody. Um, talk to the offensive line. The offensive line, I would say the biggest takeaway, because, again, there's no pads on, so it's very difficult to judge what's going on. The biggest thing I took away is that this is actually a true competition between Kevin Dotson and Kendrick Green. Mike Tomlin made it clear that there could be depth chart changes to the offensive line. He's not going to solidify anything. And then those two switched every single series. One series, it would be Dotson, who did take the first series. And then the next series, it was Kendrick Green running with the ones. I think that's going to be way more of a competition than we see. But, I, I mean, I'm – I'm excited for that. You know, like I, I want to see, I don't want to roll over on Kendrick green, but at the same time, I want somebody to push Kevin Dotson to be really good because I believe Kendrick, Kevin Dotson could be, could be really good. Um, Mark Robinson and buddy Johnson. I thought buddy Johnson looked good. He looked really consistent. Mark Robinson didn't really play much, but I can tell you that watching at minicamp and OTAs, Mark jo Robinson's a dude who, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. He looks like a, or he runs like a running back. He's the fastest dude in the group, but he looks like a linebacker. I think he's got an opportunity to really actually have a shot at playing special teams this year and making this team. And I hope that the Steelers don't let him go because I think that he'll get picked up in waivers. And I'd like to see him stick around. I don't want to see him turn into another Quincy Roche, like happened, like what happened last year. Um, all right, I think that's how I'm working. We're really done. Yeah, <laughs> until tomorrow. All right. Until tomorrow. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and check out the All Steelers Talk audio collection on Spotify, Apple Music, or Apple Podcasts, anywhere you guys get your podcasts. Like I said, check out AllSteelers.com. I'm going to do my best to keep you guys updated on everything. Me and Donnie will be back tomorrow. Tomorrow. Enjoy your night.